0: Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 109 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis.
1: My name is Barbara, but you guys know that already. Welcome. How's everybody doing? How are you doing, actually? You're the one that's been in uh,
0: quarantine for two months. Still quarantined. The Mm. good news is Indiana, starting today, which is the Monday, is going to start allowing dental offices to see non-emergency patients. Oh,
1: that's fantastic.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's really positive. So what are you saying? Monday? This coming Monday? When this airs. The 27th is when they're allowed to. Now, today. Yeah. I've already talked to a few offices. Some of them actually have pickups. Some of them are stating that they have a few patients scheduled that week, but many of them are still kind of holding off a little bit. I'm sure they're scared. Yeah, they're either scared, the patients are scared, or what's kind of crazy, and we talk about this with Bennett here in a bit, having to do some of the crazy kind of new protocols patients have to wait out in their cars until their appointment comes in they can't have anything out like magazines or toys for the kids wow. all the employees have to take their temperature twice a day everyone has to wear masks yeah down. life as we know
1: it is changing that's for sure yeah, it's,
0: yep. it's crazy crazy times yeah. but I mean the good news is we're starting to bring people back into the lab which is nice because awesome. it's been a while yep. you know limited crew of course but hopefully, we'll start to see an increase in work, and uh, eventually, everybody. It's it's a positive start.
1: Well, like I said, I've been optimistic for you know, optimistic as I can be. But the key is, how do you bring your people back? How many at a time? You know, how about your capacity numbers? You know, how quickly is it going to rebound? I think um, that's something we've been doing at night is planning for everybody to come back, and what does that look like, and when do we bring them back, and it's um, yeah. it's good to have that complicated, you know, situation of how to bring everybody back, but it's going to take a lot of thought to do it. So, and my son who works with me is like, you know, I'm so ready to get back to work. I'm like, I know.
0: What makes it even more complicated is a lot of employees are making a good amount of money on unemployment with that additional $600 a week. Yep. So while you want to encourage them to come back, at the same time, you actually find out who your good and bad employees are.
2: <laughs> yeah. Some
0: of them don't want to. I've run yep. into that. You know. So what about Florida? Any word on when dental offices will open?
1: Um, the governor hasn't really said it yet. We're probably, I think it was like the 11th of May mm. has been the startup date all along, and that hasn't changed. They are talking about opening up beaches, which I'm super excited about because, you know, I've been running on it, but I'd like to kind of go to the beach or just kind of have a little bit of normalcy. So they're arguing back and forth about that. They opened Jacksonville Beach and that went really well. So now they're talking about my county, which is Pinellas. So that would be a plus for me. I would actually maybe go there and just have some normalcy with my mask on. And uh, hey, have you seen everybody wearing masks in Publix and stuff? Or have you left the house? And if you if you have, <laughs> the only place I really go is work in Publix. And uh, I would say probably we're up to about 85% of people wearing masks in Publix at this point.
0: No, I, I have not been much anywhere, really. But uh, what I have witnessed is a lot of people wearing masks just walking around the neighborhood. Yep. That's a good thing. It's crazy. It's anything we can do to help.
2: Yeah. All
1: right. So let's focus on our podcast for a moment. That's a little bit of normalcy for you, right? I. Yeah.
0: Yeah, let's get back to normal, and let's do a quick update from our good friend Bennett Napier from the NADL that we recorded in the afternoon of Saturday, April 25th. Roll it, partner. we'd like to welcome back to the podcast yet again for an update on the COVID-19 and the dental laboratory industry. We welcome back Bennett Napier from the NADL. How are you, sir?
3: Doing okay. Every day, every week gets a little bit better. So I think that's what we're all looking for and and seeing. So uh, we're starting to see some Optimism start to return. I know it's going to be a long journey, but every day and every week gets better. I think hopefully for people,
1: definitely uh, Elvis and I would like to thank the NADL and you, Bennett, for um, taking a lead position on all of this and getting as much information out as possible. You guys had a great webinar last week. I think you're going to have a really good one this coming week. So. We appreciate you guys doing all you do.
3: Oh, appreciate it. That's what NADL is here for, and good times and bad times. for you. glad to be able to uh, you know, be a resource amongst other people and organizations that are doing the same. So happy to be a part of, hopefully, people's turnaround and uh, solutions going forward. Agreed. Yeah, last week we started to get some good news.
0: You know, the death rates are starting to drop in a lot of the hot areas. And actually, some of the state's dental offices are starting to open up. Indiana being one of them. I hear Utah is open. There's a handful of others. What have you been hearing,
3: Bennett? So ADA has put forward a spreadsheet, if you will, state by state, kind of updating the orders. And they're updating it weekly. So the last update was April 24th at 5 p.m. And NADL has a link on our nadl.org news page uh, to that spreadsheet so people can check specific states. So, you know, just looking at you know, where we were as the close of business, uh, April 24th. So we've got 22 states effectively that will open back dental offices by April 30th. Like you said, a few have already started that path, but 22, we've got 19 that will open sometime during May. You know, it varies between May 1st, May 15th, that kind of range, but 19 other states, now obviously this can change. And then two states are still kind of outliers they would open up June 15th. Wow. The remainder of the states effectively didn't have any dates, meaning that it's still left to the discretion to the practitioner to make determinations on what types of treatment that they want to do and can do safely uh, and effectively so that they effectively can, uh, some are already open and then others will come on quicker. So I think the good news is the vast majority are obviously either in April, by April 30th, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, sometime in early May, so that's that's the vast majority of the 50 states. Obviously, we've got territories and District of Columbia, that kind of thing, that are also in the mix that have different mandates. But um, you know, the good news is most everybody's going to be online within the next you know two to two and a half weeks. Awesome!
1: I'm so excited. Yeah. So many people want to get back to work and back to normal, or a little bit of whatever new the new normal is, and so that's right. really good. So we've got about a week. Two to
3: three weeks. Somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. You know, I think everybody in the supply chain, and I say, you know, whether it's patients, practitioners, assistants, hygienists, obviously, laboratories and technicians, and all of our personnel, there's still a lot of social media interaction, if you will, and inquiry on what are the right PPE for each person in the chain in terms of precautions. And so NADL is hosting a webinar. April 30th and that is effectively going to be uh, again with our partners at safely consulting the topic is protecting patients and staff uh, when reopening the dental practice because we really believe that as much as you know laboratories can as partners for their clients uh, you know help give some resources and messaging if you will to help get patients back in the chair that this will be a really attractive webinar for people we've had a lot of inquiries about that and so I think we I mean, we just announced it late Friday, and we've already gotten almost 300 registrants already for a, wow. a you know a webinar that's a week away. So we have made sure and communicated that webinar to um, AACD and and American Dental Association as well. Even though there's a, a limit of 500 people, just as we have been, we'll we'll record the webinar and then post the webinar, and then people can download it on demand for free and go back if they're not able to, to get the live version, they can get it you know, with maybe a business day after the event. So we, we know that one's going to be really high value for people. And we're looking forward to that one. Looking forward to it as well. Like I said, I mean, invite clients, uh, dental clients, because Safelink is a AGD approved CE provider. So since NADL is kind of co-hosting, if you will, the event, uh, we're able to work with them to deliver AGD credits for dentists that attend, mm. if you have clients that want to attend from, from that standpoint.
0: Okay. Sure thing. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really good one because even though Indiana is opening up, there's a lot of things offices need to do in order to open up.
3: Absolutely. The good news is things are starting to open back up. That's the good news. But, you know, as we've been saying, not only us, but others, just looking forward, everything's not going to come back all at once. And mm-hmm. I think that's what just want people to be, not only mentally prepared, you know, for the length of this journey, in terms of turnaround, but also just kind of what potentially could occur. And so American Dental Association Health Policy Institute, many people know they have their own in-house economist at ADA, and they put out a report, and they did a webinar, and it's on YouTube. Uh, We actually have a link to that YouTube presentation off of our Facebook page, but it's Modeling the impact of COVID nineteen on U.S. dental spending, mm-hmm. and certainly laboratories, manufacturers, suppliers, and dentists clearly, you know, have been drawn to that report. It's about thirteen page report, but I mean, the bottom line is, as it stands, could it get better, could it get worse, but just based on their economists uh, and their research thus far, what they've seen and what what it looks like going forward, that we would see decline. Uh, on dental care spending basically a 66% decline in 2020 and then a 32% decline in 2021 so the, the you know the point of the matter is people need to be prepared from a business perspective on you know what that looks like You know, how do you look at scheduling your staff? You know, what are the production scenarios and workflow scenarios that can help the laboratory stay in business profitably, but also be in a position, you know, as things recover, that they're ready for production as it comes back. So I think it's, you know, it's a it's a good report for people to look at. You know, hopefully, I think. It would only get better in terms of those predictions, but I think it's it's important for people to kind of have that context to work from. And then kind of plan out what the six, 12 months period look like and be prepared for the best case and worst case scenario.
0: Do you really think that's different than any other industry, though? Really, if you think about it, I mean, I imagine the airlines are having the exact same predictions.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're right, Elvis. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of sectors that may even be worse than, sure. than dentistry, which is hard to imagine. <laughs> You know I think the key is Barb and I had some uh, interviews with some manufacturer suppliers recently, and we talked just to some of the things that you've seen in terms of just what we were talking about earlier is because of the proximity of the staff and the patients yeah. in the clinical setting, basically dentists, hygienist, and assistants are basically in the top three occupations, if you will of concern as it relates to COVID-related risk Absolutely. If, if proper precautions aren't in place, which that's the difference, if you will, compared to some other sectors is they may have more ability to mitigate that proximity compared to what we would see in dentistry. So I think that's that's the major difference there. And, and mm-hmm. obviously, there's tools that we can uh, implement in the clinical setting to provide, you know, safe and effective settings, but some cases they're expensive. Some cases they're, you know, still a work in progress to determine which ones are the right ones to utilize and integrate. But I think that's the biggest issue is everybody knows that in terms of the proximity and we've got to provide messaging, if you will, to ensure the patient feels very confident coming back into the clinical setting. Yeah. Agree. The Foundation for Dental Laboratory Technology, I know we shared on one of the webinars, obviously they're Uh, Learning Library through the end of May is free, if you will, with a promo code. And that one's, you know, probably we've gotten close to a thousand downloads off of that online learning library uh, since it was launched in March, uh, which is phenomenal because of that. You know, we've had a lot of interest from clinicians and technicians that wanted, you know, obviously we're all in the world of webinars now, and we've been very, uh, I could say, say, lucky and privileged to have a number of clinicians and technicians come forward to the foundation offering to do some technical webinars. So the foundation primarily works on online content, but... They are going to be doing some live webinars starting in May. First one is with Dr. Miles Cohn, who's also a certified dental technician. And so we're going to be starting to do some technical webinars in the summer for people, assuming you know that most of the in-person meetings will probably not take place at least till late summer, early fall. And so uh, that's a, a good service. Uh, hopefully the foundation donors and other people would like to potentially utilize. The other piece I would share just from a business perspective, you know, for the owners and managers uh, that are listeners on the podcast is certainly there was another round of funding for the Paycheck Protection Program. The portal for that opens up April 27th at 1030 Eastern Time. So people who had loan applications and didn't get approved on the first round, they'll have another opportunity. But what I would also share is, you know, that one's going to go quick, just like the first one did. Congress is already looking at, uh, although they probably won't reconvene, Earlier than May 4th, Congress is already talking about another wave of funding specifically for the Paycheck Protection Program. So, again, people have been trying to determine their timing of bringing people back into the workforce, if you will. And, you know, a lot of people have been shut down, as you know. Uh, Both of you have been in that situation just because the work's not there. And so from a timing standpoint, I just want people to be aware that probably mid to late May, Congress is pretty likely to approve another round of Paycheck Protection Program funding. But people need to potentially consider that if the timing is going to be better for them, you know, given the context that you've got to have, you know, either the workforce on payroll or bring the workforce back during that eight week period. So that's just something people need to be aware of to, to look for that third round of funding that's likely to occur. Yeah, good. But I think those are the key things. You just appreciate you know, continue to do what you're doing and sharing the message. It's just, again, we've been talking about it on your podcast the last few weeks, just the resilience. You know, it's been tough for people. There's no way to sugarcoat mm-hmm. it. I think people have a lot of optimism and a lot of faith and are, are ready to get back to work.
0: Yeah, that's definitely one thing I've been hearing from everybody on social media is we're all ready to get back to work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, and we all have a lot of optimism, for sure, on the NADL webinar. The host asked everybody if they were optimistic, and I would say more than 90% of the folks texted that they were, so I think there's a lot of optimism.
0: Yeah, that was a great webinar. I recommend everyone to go check out that if you missed it. Mm. It was really good. Awesome.
3: Well, we appreciate it as always, Bennett. Well, thank you. Yep, thank you both.
0: Thank you so much.
3: I'm looking forward to the day where we're talking about podcasts when you guys are have been on-site at a trade show and interviewing all the fine uh, attendees and speakers. So, waiting for those yeah. days to come ahead.
0: Tell me about it. I'm dying to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all
3: still
1: at home practicing social distancing on a Saturday. So, we're all pretty much going to watch movies and hang out and clean and just yeah. chill. But... Stay safe, everybody. All right. Thank
0: you. Guys. Thanks, Bennett. Yep. Thank you. Thank Goodbye. you. As always, we appreciate your time and efforts during all this to keep us updated, Bennett. And but I think now we should get to our regularly scheduled interview where we're going to take you back once again to LMT Lab Day Chicago 2020. Mm. You know, the good old days of traveling and gathering. Yeah. And a great part of a dental event is meeting new people and seeing old friends. Yep. And today's episode highlights both. Recently, on this podcast, we had the president of the Association of Orthodontic Laboratory Professionals on, and while I was recording at the Argan booth, I had a chance to have a conversation with the vice president of the AOLP. Nice. Tiffany Prather, CDT, from Fort Worth, Texas, comes on to talk about her journey from going from dental assistant to being an owner of her own ortho lab. Great story.
1: Then we are joined, and I was actually there, because this is on Saturday, by my good friends, Heather Voss, CDT, who has been on the podcast many times before. And Leon Hermanides, CDT from Washington State. Leon, with some help from Heather, talks about how he got into the business and taking his well-known high-end lab and adapting it to the changing market. Good conversations and fun at the Argan booth at LMT Chicago 2020. Enjoy, guys. How would you like to create beautiful zirconia restorations in just a little over three hours? Anyone? Now you can, because Whitmix happily announces that after extensive outside research, Veracore ZR Pro and Veracore ZR Pro ML, which is multi-layered zirconia, can now be safely speed-centered. The new cycle saves hours of processing time and has no effect on the zirconia's flexural strength and no significant effect on the material's natural aesthetics. The previously recommended centering cycle usually requires anywhere between 7 to 8 hours to complete, and as you know, most labs center overnight with that schedule. The total time to complete the speed cycle is slightly more than 3 hours. This enables us to meet the demand for time and cost savings. The decrease in time means a substantial increase in productivity. And of course, that enables us to rush the orders, which as you know, in December is pretty much all we do. So your lab can now enjoy fast processing Veracore ZR Pro, one of the industry's most beautiful zirconia materials. Learn more at Whitmix.com. And Elvis and I, again, would like to thank Whitmix for your support of the podcast. We appreciate you guys.
0: Voices from the Bench. The Interview. So good morning, Tiffany. Good morning. What's your last name? I don't even know. Prater. Prater.
4: Remember, there's a park in Austria named... It's got my last name. We nice. That last night. Named
0: after your family?
4: Yeah, but they said it different than Prater.
0: Well, most people say things different than we do. Yeah. So I met you last night. Yep. We had a great time at Harry Carey's. Yes, It was did. awesome. Great yep. time. We closed the place down. We did. I think we were the last to I think leave. we ate
4: all the sliders, too. Just <laughs> me and you.
0: <laughs> Those things were delish. <laughs> what well, were they, like fried onions on them or something? I don't know. They but were
4: brisket. They were barbecue. They, they did have some fried onions yeah. on them. I don't know, they were just Well, good.
0: when you're cheap like me and you take any food you can get, yes. they were amazing. I have
4: paid for a meal except for breakfast yesterday. That's
0: the way to do it. No. Uh, I just paid for my first meal. <laughs> I found a McDonald's. <laughs> it's like being at home.
2: Yeah.
0: So, Tiffany Prater, yes. we are at LMT Lab Day Saturday. You're the first to sit down with me. Congratulations.
2: Thanks.
0: You're an ortho technician. I am. So, I met you through Chris, who yes. we had on the podcast a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. and you're the vice president of the Association of Orthodontic Laboratory Professionals. Correct. From now on, we'll say AOLP. Yes. Because it's a really That's long... That's all we to ever say. Yeah, say yeah. yeah. It's hard to say. It. So, how'd you get into ortho?
4: I started out as an assistant working yeah. in an orthodontic office. That's kind of how I just saw...
0: So, why'd you become an assistant? Is it in your family? No.
4: Or? I was literally walking through. Um, <laughs> there was a. It was the community college I was going to. Okay. And there was a flyer on the wall, and I saw it. And I was taking courses, like I was trying to finish a degree, but I didn't know what I wanted to do.
0: Which degree
2: was this?
4: I, I hadn't decided. So, you were just general
2: studies, yeah. I
4: was just going to college, getting the basics done, and I saw the flyer. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. And I like putting
0: my hands in people's mouths. Is well, that what you thought to yourself? It was
4: more of the medical. I've always enjoyed medical okay. stuff, but I knew I didn't want to be a nurse or, or anything because I, I don't do throw up at all.
0: So <laughs> You have a line. Yeah. You I draw that
4: line real hard right there. So for some reason in my mind, I thought if I was ever going to be a nurse, I was going to be dealing with throw up a lot. Yeah. So I thought, nope, I don't want to do it. But then I saw this program and yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of medical related and... I thought I wouldn't have to deal with throw up. There's actually more throw up involved in assisting. I bet. Than I thought, but luckily I never dealt with it. Like I always avoided the throw up. So, so if you had
0: a patient you knew that was going to be a throw up, you were like, I'm not doing it?
4: Typically they only throw up with impressions. Yeah. So I just learned some tricks, and honestly, out of the 10 years I assisted, I never had anybody throw up. You assisted for on 10 me. years? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, I had some gaggers, but yeah. not anything came from that yeah. So, so yeah I just saw this flyer and I thought oh that's kind of cool and I called my dad I was 21 yeah and uh still living at their house trying to figure out my life sure and called my dad and I told him what I wanted to do and they were like this is not no yeah and I was like no I really this is I, I think this would be good so the program started in three days
0: wow I did it you made that decision yep and-
4: my mom actually, at the time, did work for an orthodontist, but she hadn't always done that, and she just worked front desk.
0: Oh, so that's your connection. I mean, she was kind front of, office. Yeah,
2: But I,
4: I don't know. Like I, she worked at the orthodontist that my brother and I went to, so okay. he did our braces. I don't know what it was, but when I finished the program and got my certificate, I would go into the office she worked at and observed, mm-hmm. and they had an in-house lab. And their lab tech, her name was Dawn, and she was super cool, and she just had this setup. She was in a little room by herself, yep. listened to her own music, had pictures of her family hanging out. Yep. So I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. I like her little setup. Yeah. But that was, I was, you know, 21, 22. I thought assisting would be what I did forever. And then when I was 23, I had my son, Mm -hmm. and I was working 50 hours a week to pay bills. And I thought, this sucks. This is not what I want to do. So I went back to school and finished a business degree. Still really wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I thought, this should open more doors, right? Sure, yeah. It really didn't. All the (laughs) interviews that I went to, starting pay was like $10 an hour. And I was With a like, degree in
0: business, yes,
4: yes. And as an assistant, I was making at the time, I think, like seventeen an hour. So that was quite a.
0: What's the? This is in Texas. Uh-huh. What's the regulation for assisting? Is it licensed or is it a registered? Or you have a certificate, a
4: certificate, RDA, Registered Dental Assistant. So it's not a degree, and you you don't have to go to a school if you can find a doctor that will train you. Oh, really? You can do that and then go take the test. But I just went to sure. the community college's program. Like when I realized, oh, man, this business degree isn't yeah, it's not- doing what I was hoping it would do. Owning a business had always kind of been in the back of my mind because yeah. of my dad. My dad is very – he's brilliant with yeah. money and just smart. And he's worked for General Motors for 30-something years now. So he used to always tell my brother, if you want to do what you want to do, you need to own your own business. Don't work corporate.
0: Don't work for the man. Yeah, Yeah.
4: So I was like, all right, what can I do? What can I – own a business in and so it was kind of the perfect mesh of doing an ortho lab because it I still got to use my dental experience yeah and I really did enjoy the lab side I always love pouring up impressions and doing the suck downs and that kind of stuff so the doctor I worked for at the time helped train me on just bending wires how to bend clasp how to do acrylic and then he helped me get through my cdt test so I got that I think I finished the last test in 2016. How
0: was the written part of the test? Because I know a lot of it is not ortho whatsoever. It's
4: not. It was actually, um, it sucked. It I wasn't bet. beneficial, honestly, for my specialty. I
0: hear that a lot from ortho technicians. Yeah. To get your CDT, you got to struggle through that other aspect of uh-huh. it that's like has nothing to do with yeah. you.
4: Yeah. Truthfully, the only reason I passed it is because of my assisting background. That's really it. Yeah. Because some of those questions I was reading and I thought, how would you know this if you didn't work in an office? Yeah. Maybe you would. I don't know anything about crown indenture and bridge. Yeah, That's yeah. not, I don't ever want to do that stuff. But this little ortho that was on there talked about appliances that nobody uses anymore. Really. And so, and the only reason I did my CDT is because I have to in the state of Texas. I have to have a CDT yeah. to have a registered lab. So it's just one of those Legality things. Yeah,
0: but it's still nice that you have it. It is. I mean, I'm, I mean, you I'm should be proud, proud of it. it. Heck yeah.
4: But I do wish it would be, it would just benefit ortho people more. Yeah. And I know there's not a whole lot. When I tested, when I did the written test, there was only one other person doing ortho, and when I did my practical, there was only one other person really? doing. Yeah, and everyone else, I don't know what all they were doing, but it wasn't <laughs> ortho. It so. wasn't ortho.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a lot of cdt orthos out there i don't know the numbers but you always hear about the removable and the partials Mm -hmm. and the ceramic but you don't run into many ortho you guys should start your own club
4: we did (laughs) why we have the aolp there you go
0: there you go so this orthodontist you were working for Mm -hmm. showed you did he use a lab or did he do it all himself
4: He did a little bit himself, yeah. but he also did send some stuff out to a local lab. It's called Precision Orthodontics. The owner's name is Scott. He's actually on the board with us, too, for the AOLP. He's awesome. Did he train
0: you at all, or did you, like, learn from him? The doctor,
4: Dr. Motherwell is his name, and he did take me over to Scott's lab one day to, I forget what they were showing me. I think it was how to set screws or something. And I remember kind of being like, this is, I don't know if he's going to be okay with that. Like, does this guy know? I want to open a lab, and I live in the oh, area. Oh, at this
0: time, you knew you wanted to open yeah. a lab.
4: And so I was like, that's kind of competition, right? Like, I don't know. And yeah. And he was like, no, it'll be fine. He won't care. And he didn't. Like, he, Scott is awesome. He's been very helpful. Even when I was first starting out and I didn't know how to do something or yeah. if I needed something I ran out of, like, I can text him and ask if he's got a screw or, you know. No
0: kidding. That yeah. is great. So,
4: But I don't. We all have this understanding, like, I don't go after his accounts. I don't know who he has, but I don't purposely go after his sure. stuff. And he, I don't think he but does if that you to even, me either. But
0: if you go after it, it's its all about who does the quality work that that office right. is looking for. Yeah. I mean, if they switch to you, and this is the way I feel with other labs in our area, if they switch to us, it's not because we're better. There's a reason right. they're switching. Yeah. It's not like yeah. I'm trying to steal it. I'm just giving them an option.
4: Right. that's kind of what, if I hear of an office that's looking for a lab, I I mean, I'll take stuff. I don't know who they were using before. No, I don't even ask.
0: Yeah. Sometimes they tell me. Yeah. But I don't even ask. Well, I
4: will tell you, when I was an assistant, there was some other labs that we would get stuff from that I would, like, I knew the word. I mean, you get what you pay for. Yeah. You know, it's cheaper stuff. And so as an assistant, I would see that stuff. But I don't know what it's like now. It's been a long time since I
0: You've opened up your own lab. Mm-hmm. This is in your house.
4: Not anymore. But it, it started in your it house, did. like
0: the garage or basement, or what do you do? In my garage. We don't have nice. basements
4: in Texas. No, we should because of all of our tornadoes, but we don't. So <laughs>
0: yes, Plus it's cooler underground.
2: It is. <laughs> no,
4: I built my house. It was 2016, I guess. I moved yeah. into it in September, and I always kind of knew, event- like I wanted to have a spot somewhere in my home so to when work you, from. You
0: built the house.
4: I mean not me actually, but no, like, I know that. But signed did, a contract yeah, and picked out all the stuff. But did you
0: build it knowing you're gonna have a lab in the garage so you plumb it for like air and uh well, <laughs> all this stuff? If I had
4: been smart, yes. Yeah. I didn't do plumbing but my again, my dad is amazing. Yeah. And so
0: it's good to have good fathers. Yes, and family. He,
4: oh yeah. I was actually in Michigan one weekend for a training. When I was working for an office, they it was a whole other realm of things, but I was in Michigan and when I came home. My dad was like, I'm just going to warn you, your garage is a construction zone right now. And he had started framing out where my lab was going to be. It took, I don't know, like a month or two to finish it. But then got in there, and that's where I worked from. So I did that for about a year. And I really thought I would be there for at least five. Yeah. I really did. But that year at our conference in Texas, I met a man that wanted to retire, and he was in South Fort Worth. And he just wanted someone to hand over his accounts to.
0: It was already an orthodontic lab. Mm-hmm. So the setup was there.
4: Yeah. So he retired December of 2018. And I got all of his stuff January of 2019. And I didn't understand how much I was getting. And so I was working in my little lab. It's, you know, It was yeah. l- like four feet by eight feet. It's not big at all. And it was rough. I was working. I was pulling all nighters all the time, and just
0: so like you went from how many accounts roughly to how
2: many?
4: I had like two or three, but I mean, it wasn't. It was kind of like I was doing it on the side. I was still assisting part time. Oh, you were. Uh-huh. Oh, I and didn't so realize I that So I was still doing other stuff to, you know, as I was trying to grow.
0: A lot of evening weekends. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: Especially when my son was at his dad's, like I just worked. That's yeah. All what I else did. Are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. It it exploded I it and I just remember thinking like oh my gosh what have I done <laughs> like this is too much yeah because I didn't want to be working around the clock like that but I finally kind of long story short we family friends were renting a bigger like commercial building and they didn't need the office space yeah so they asked if I wanted to rent it nice and so that's I forget how big it is. I think it's like twenty by thirty feet or something. Yeah. So much bigger than where I was. So you
0: didn't move into this guy's lab that you? No, oh. it was in his home. He had oh. an actual like
4: bedroom.
0: Oh, that would, would have back been odd. A,
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to drive to South Fort Worth. I'm yeah. North Fort Worth. That's no traffic. So he, is terrible. Basically,
0: you just got the accounts. I got and the accounts. Maybe his machines I, well, and products. And I did
4: buy a lot of his equipment. We kind of yeah. came up with just a lump sum price, and we just. Me and my brother and one of his friends, we went down there and cleaned everything out. Like, the lab benches, the cabinets. He didn't want any of it. He wanted it gone because he, he was his selling his bed. house. Oh, well, okay, he was yeah. selling it, so he didn't need to leave it in in there. And so, that's how I got that stuff. So, I got a really great deal. So, I just you seen.
0: hauled it all the way up to the... We, yep, yeah. My
4: brother had a landscaping business at the time and had a trailer. Nice. And <laughs> Good to know people. We loaded that sucker up and... Then we put it all in my garage. My garage was full for a while. Sure. Because I had to just go through. There was stuff that I didn't need or stuff that was just too old to use. I get it. So I slowly started going through that and then moving it over to the new spot. We finally got in there. I guess it was in March. And then I hired my first employee. Wow. And things got so much better after that. (laughs) I wasn't working around the clock. How did
0: you find this employee?
4: So her husband, he is an assistant also. And... He's also working on building a denture lab. And the temping agency that I worked for when I assisted to, she got me in contact with him. She yeah. kinda knew what I was looking for and she's like, I might have somebody that can help you. So I met with him a few times and then when I told him what I really needed, he was like, Well, I think my wife can help you more than I can.
0: Interesting. And so
4: I was like, Yeah, let's let's do it. So She had um, experience? I mean a little bit just watching her husband. She didn't have a whole lot
0: trainable though. Oh yeah. That's the and important And I kind of like,
4: you know, cause then you kind of teach them how you want. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she's been awesome.
0: Really? Yeah. She'll
4: be with me a year and March 18th nice. and she learned quick. She's, she's very artistic. So when it comes to the acrylic designs, she's got it. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been good. I've really enjoyed having her and it's helped a ton. So. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah, so it's been good. I've
0: Exploded into a business with employees. What's the name of the lab? I don't think we've even asked.
4: Destination Orthodontic Lab.
0: Destination Orthodon. Where yes. do you get the name from?
4: So I am a beach girl. Like in, I in Texas. Yeah, in Texas, beaches suck. So my beach is Destin, Florida. Oh, we go there at least once a year, and I have for about twenty years. It's just my place. Like that nice. is where I find rest, and like my soul needs it. Like I nice. need it yeah. this once a year. So I've always kind of known that I wanted something to do. My the name has something yeah. to do with that. So, came up with that. And my lab is actually it's beach themed. It's I've got beach pictures hanging up. It's very bright and colorful. It's the yeah. colors are blue and green and
0: nice. Um,
4: so it's fun. It's not this dark dungeon yeah, lab that
0: that everyone assumes ortho technicians are in.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, welcome yep. to
0: my lab. Yeah. yeah,
4: I've got windows and. Light and so yeah, it's nice. Been, I love it.
0: What's next? Are you looking to expand? Are you looking to bring in more employees, or?
4: Um, I think. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I want to be a really big lab no. because then I don't get to make appliances anymore. I'm going to be too busy managing people.
0: Yep, you'll become a HR person yes. very quickly. Yes,
4: and I I really don't not right now. Maybe when I'm older and I don't really want to be bending wires and my back is getting out (laughs) because I'm bent over a lab bench, okay, maybe. But right now, I like being a part of it. Sure. And so I would love to gain maybe a couple more good consistent accounts. I have two right now. Enough
0: to keep you busy?
4: Yeah. I mean, what I have right now is enough to, you know, keep things going. But enough to where I could maybe hire one more person and then – you know we'll see, yeah, I know. I know digital, like I'm gonna eventually have to get a printer,
0: oh, yeah, I know
4: it, everything's trending that way, and it, it's cool. The stuff that you can do with the printers now is really cool, yeah, I'm just not ready to take on that financial
0: it's a big jump, especially yeah. for a small business, yes, yeah,, yes. but you're you will, yeah, they're gonna get more and more affordable and yes. more and more needed, and you'll get it, yep, how do you advertise do uh you? social media, really,
4: yeah. I mean, I go into offices. I have folders that I've made with my logo, and they've got price sheet and lab scripts and stuff inside yep. of them. And so I'll just go in and. And
2: hand you do it to the that? Desk. Uh-huh. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think it's important that they see me. Like, yeah. I'm the owner. I still do a lot of drop off and pickups and stuff. Do you really? I think yeah. that's important that they can talk to me. You know, like, if sure. something's wrong, I'm in here. Tell me. Like, I want to know. Yeah. And a lot of it, too, I think. Like, I want to build relationships. I don't want it just to be this, you know, oh, here's your retainers. Like, sure. I want to know things about the employees and the doctor. Like, I want to build that. So That's
0: great. Is most of your accounts local? All of them? Or do you ship All of
4: out? them are, yeah. Yeah. Right now, I, I've had a few just random. I think the farthest I've done anything with was in New Mexico. and Just it was, randomly? Well, just they found it was on a Facebook? doctor I used to work with. Oh. And she... Knew I was doing it, so they just sent a abandoned loop.
0: But yeah. that's
4: the farthest I've gotten That's still so cool, by. though. Yeah.
0: That's still cool. It's, it's neat to see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I think maybe someday I'll have this goal where I can see if I can get something from every state.
0: There you go. All 50
4: states. And, like, just have a map in my lab and yeah. start checking off the state yeah. sets and stuff. I love so. it.
0: Like, we're in Indiana, and a majority of us is local, but we uh-huh. do some shipping. And then all of a sudden, Connecticut. And you're like, where the heck did you come from? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, hey, we saw you online. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lab in Connecticut.
4: There probably is. Yeah. yeah. I've started the process of building a website, but it's not done. I need to finish it. Yeah. But it's just all been through Facebook and Instagram. It's amazing what you can do. It really is, and
2: it's free. It is so. free.
0: You just got to be consistent uh-huh. with it. Is it common for ortho to be utilized by local offices? Is that, like, a big thing? Because, you know, like, removables – That's very common that you only get accounts, really, that are close for repairs and things. Is that common with ortho?
4: Typically, I think, because it's ideal to get retainers back quickly. Yeah. Most orthodontists, you know, they take the brackets off and then impress. So they want those retainers back before teeth start shifting. Sure. So, I mean, I do a five-business-day turnaround.
0: Is that common? I
4: think so. Yeah. Um, I've seen two weeks, and some people do three days, which... That's yeah. Insane. Yeah. That's a little bit stressful to me, so.
1: I
0: know you don't know much about crown and bridge, but somehow somewhere in the history, crowns were a 6-day turnaround. We don't know who started it, but it's the most common amount. Ooh. 6 days. Yeah. I don't know why. I can do it in a day if I really tried, but yeah. it's, it's become like an industry standard so you're like, "All right. Huh. <laughs> Everyone does it." Well, that's
4: it. funny cuz when I would work in offices as an assistant, they would labs would say 3 weeks.
0: But I worry about those because that, that makes me wonder if it stays in the lab.
4: Oh, yeah.
0: Is ortho a big outsourcing thing? Do a lot of offices outsource ortho?
4: For the most part.
0: Is it is it a problem? No.
4: It doesn't. I don't think it affects me a whole lot. No. But
0: no. I mean, it really doesn't affect any lab, but it's a part of the industry, right. and you can't do anything yeah. about it. So. I mean,
4: I know... Like a lot of offices, I see, because I'm also on this Facebook page for orthodontic assistants. Yeah. So I see a lot of chatter about offices buying their own printers to do their own aligners. But I don't do aligners in my lab at all, so that doesn't affect me. That's not something I even really want to push or get into, I don't think. Mm -mm. Because there's just too much out there.
0: It's going to be a saturated market. Yeah, yeah. Ever since that Invisalign patent or whatever ran out everyone's jumping on board and it's going to be everywhere yeah
4: yeah that's not something i care to really what do you make.
0: mostly make band and loops holly retainers mostly that's just about Holley all i know retainers yeah?
4: um removable expanders fixed expanders i do do quite a bit of space maintainers typically it's the pedo offices that want the space maintainers sure. and then like my biggest account it's a lot of hollies and a lot of removable expanders nice it's a lot of fun because that office lets the kids pick designs. And that's actually my favorite part. I love. Doing
0: the acrylic design. Mm-hmm.
4: I get bored with standard pink. When people put standard pink on there for their acrylic color, I'm like, live a little. Like, what do you do?
0: Like the tiger stripes and stuff? Oh, yeah. And I've seen Any, them all. Yeah,
4: tiger stripes, um, rainbows, camo. We've done galaxy
0: look
2: It's yeah. actually
4: really cool. We do logos for stuff, you know, if kids pick something I use my Cricut cutter to cut out yeah whatever it is in vinyl and we put it in between acrylic layers and we've actually done it's kind of random but last summer I took my son to Galveston and we went to this toy store and they had these kid-friendly nail polishes sitting on the counter and I was like well it makes them kid friendly she said I don't know something like it's safe for the kids to bite their nails which all nail polish is FDA approved for that reason or it should be. But supposedly this is supposed to be even more kid-friendly safe. Yeah. So I got to looking at them, and I was like, I wonder if there's a way I can do this with retainers. So what I do is the two colors we I bought, they're, it's a clear nail polish, but it's got these, like, glitter additives yeah. or something in them. And so... I do one, like a thin layer of acrylic, let it set, and then I paint the nail polish yeah. on the inside. Like not where the edge is or anything, like just right in the middle and then do a clear layer on top. And so it actually looks really cool.
0: This is nail polish you're it's using? It's nail polish. Nice. And so
4: it's in between the acrylics. And I've got some pictures on my Instagram page. Yeah. One of them is called Unicorn Tears. So it's got this nice. like holographic look to it. Cool. And then there's another one called Troublemaker and it's these dots and kids love it. That's really? one of the big things that people pick from that office. So
0: What do you do you get the nail polish from that store and I, win or?
4: I mean I when I need more I'll just order it. Yeah. I found the company. It's called Polish Me Silly. And uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. It's, I mean it's marketed for little kids. Yeah. And so um, yeah when I need more I'll just it's buy it. It's gotta from be a them. good
0: price compared to other dental related I mean, we all know how much if you had the word dental or ortho, oh, yeah. it's everything's Things marked skyrocket. up. Yeah. yeah.
4: And I don't buy anything. Like, all of my hand pieces and stuff, I've bought on Amazon or eBay because they're drastically cheaper.
0: Yeah. They might not last as long, but. Yeah. <laughs> well,
4: they've done okay. I mean, yeah. I've had everything a couple of years, so.
0: I'll be honest. We bought a few off eBay yeah. for art. And, I mean, they're still running. When they die, you, you just replace it. Yeah. And it's not a huge deal. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for You're sitting welcome. down. Love the story. Yeah. Love the ortho, <laughs> the AOLP. Yes. We're very excited for it. Yes. And you guys will have a big thing coming up in March, mm-hmm. part of the DLAT. Yes. So we'll see you there again.
2: Yeah.
1: Awesome. Excited. Thank you so
0: much. You're welcome. So we are
1: here at LMT Chicago with Leon. How do you
0: pronounce your last I was- name? Her- her- I don't know.
2: Hermanities people, <laughs>
0: Hermanities.
5: <laughs> I'm beyond Hermanities. What is Herman? Where is that from? What South
1: is Africa. It? And that's Heather Voss. Just saying. You're South African too.
5: So yeah. So we had a when I went to school in South Africa, we did a four year bachelor's degree. To be wow. a dental technician. Really? Yeah. I is love that, that required? Or yeah, it was required. Wow. To work in a dental lab.
2: It's pretty similar to how it is in Europe too, though, right? Like
5: well, at at one point. By you, the way, that's Heather Voss joining. I in. did. I said I, it already. No, I'm sorry. I Again. said that's
1: Heather Again. Voss.
5: <laughs> so, she loves
1: being on the podcast. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Where's yeah, Heather's
5: mute button? So, she doesn't <laughs> 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 so, <laughs>
1: so how did you go from South Africa? To Washington. Well... Must have been a woman.
5: Similar climate, right? No. Yeah. So, yes, it was. So, I left South Africa um, about three weeks after I graduated from college. Wow. And uh, moved to London. I was working in London for close to four years. And um, London was... I love the city, but, you know, um, it was tough. And I wanted something different i wanted another challenge and i met somebody who introduced me to a lab here and well here not here in chicago but in seattle and i came out and i interviewed with them for two weeks and then uh fell in love with the state oh with the state (laughs) (laughs) yeah so no then i moved out to seattle in 95 okay yeah wow and, and I worked for them for three years and then started my own business in 98. What um, were you doing at this lab? Uh, c- ceramic. I okay. started out like diagnostic waxing. Uh, so I started out like waxing and doing that type of stuff and then went up to doing ceramic. So, and one of their biggest clients was John Coyce. So wow. th- that's how I kind of ended up moving in the direction that my career has gone.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, you're super high end, correct? You're, you're. No, I don't think we're like are yeah, super
5: high end. I mean, you, you know, I think we modest. Have, pardon? Modest. How
0: many ninety nine dollar crowns do you do? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> D-
5: can somebody just mute her, please? <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, no, I think. Look, you know. By like two thousand seven, we were very high end. We were very super exclusive. You know, we were some of our crowns were seven eight hundred a unit. Um, wow! And in two thousand sort of eight or nine, uh, that market kind of collapsed, and so we had... Are <laughs> so you feeling I'm her about up? About to kick it? No, I'm watching you guys. I'm about to, I'm I'm like about to kick your instruments off the. T- <laughs> <laughs> so um, she in in two thousand eight or nine we. Um, had to reinvent ourselves. I mean, the market just came undone. Yeah. And just the type of work we were doing was a lot of larger, comprehensive care cases. So we were doing, I, I can't even remember the numbers now, but just arch after arch after arch, and six unit anteriors, and, yeah. and, and that went away. And so we had to rebuild in a different mold. And uh, part of it was the restoration design, you know, PFMs were expensive to make, yeah. expensive to sell. And so we started looking at our product mix, trying to find more technology solutions. So we bought our first mill in 2007. Uh, oh, was you were early. Old, yeah, so the old VLAN 4030M, mm-hmm. 4010, I don't know, whatever, yeah. that one. Yeah. The, the bench top, you know, two-magazine mill. Still running? Yeah. Yeah. It's still running. Those things are amazing. It's uh, That is... Mm-hmm. absolutely the most incredible machine we still have a mini that we've had for yeah eight really eight years probably wow so, so cranking yeah uh,
0: i can't uh, get it repaired right so <laughs> so
5: that's one of the things you know i have a team member tim who who took on the technology basically came to me one day and he went, Leon, i can't watch these people work on this stuff you give it to me you'll never regret it and and you know I've never looked back because he has made the technology department or the technology part of our lab his own. Um, He's incredible. Wow. He walks into the room and he looks at the machines and starts talking to them. He's like he had a
1: great quote. He's like, he
2: speaks machine. <laughs> yeah. That's his language. Yeah. You know, when you gotta have he that, takes
5: though. the lid off the machine and he knows where to look. And I yeah. just see him take the lid off the machine and I'm like crying inside. Yeah. You know? yeah, this is
0: in-house you yeah. have this guy? Yeah,
5: yeah. Wow. So jealous, yeah, right? yeah, a little yeah. bit. Oh, bit. Yeah. jealous, yeah. So yeah. It's not to the point where he takes a USB cable and plugs it in the back of his neck, does he? Because that'd be a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> it could be at night. Uh, Someday, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't checked recently. I'm going to have to. Look, oh, he's going to hate me now. Um, yeah, he's going to be like. <laughs> so, what so the hell? Um, you know, we got into technology and started looking at how do you now take a similar business model and try to fit it into kind of a lower cost bracket. Yeah. Right, and that's how we stayed successful. So, so we had to figure a lot of strategies out as we started coming out of like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. In Washington State the Delta Dental Affiliate cut the, the reimbursement to yeah. the dentist by up to thirty percent.
1: I think you and I talked about that oh, previously. Yeah, and you know I remember that conversation. It's a very
5: interesting thing because I thought we were kind of above that and a little bit removed from what could happen and actually what happened was it took a toll on us as well because you know, I think in Washington State At the time, Delta had a monopoly, it was 80% of the the dentists were Delta dentists, so you know, it affects everybody. Their strategy is that if um, you see a Delta patient, you can't charge them a different fee for an anterior prostate, you charge them your crown fee. Yeah. And and so that's difficult for the the dentist to manage the cost variability when they start doing larger cases. Um, so, so yeah, it affected us, and we had to kind of rebuild and, and do our thing. We're, we're making eye contact. I see that.
1: She's my girlfriend, okay? You two just are saying. scary. Do you want us to leave you alone? You've taken over.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no. I'd say get a room, but. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, you're just jealous. Yes, Salacious uh, gossip. Yep. <laughs> I hope this goes online. Um, it <laughs> no, will. Cool. You, you know, we we kind of reinvented. So I would say now we're not high high end like that. We don't have yeah. a seven or eight hundred dollar crown okay. anymore. Yeah. And I think our highest priced crown's about five hundred dollars. You know, it's still ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, no, I That's awesome. I, I, I really I
1: love hearing that. I, I really do. I'm
2: in do. I Yeah. I love hearing but you know, that.
5: Look, I mean, what we did was change our. Uh, we have a brand. I mean, I honestly think what we successfully managed was building a brand. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I have clients all over the country. Yeah. We, it, we have people, I used to send Heather pictures of bonnet and boxes arriving in the lab, you know? Because even people using these larger labs they have cases that they don't want to send it. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. that they want managed at a high level. Yes, I love And that. I love getting work in the Glidewell box. Oh, you know. I don't care how you, if no, you're not using my box, yeah. it's even cheaper. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, because yeah. I don't have the cost of a box. Right. And, and I think it's great because I think it's just this healthy diversity that exists in the industry that everybody yeah. has this, this very dynamic way of, of how they look at what they have to do. And at this point, our my brand and and our brand in the lab is is about um, predictability. So so taking yeah. people from unhealthy, broken down dentition to healthy, stable dentition, and and managing that process because I think very few people can successfully manage that process. That complexity. That complexity. Yeah. yeah y- sure. y- y- you know, I think one of the things that. I've been able to do, I've done a lot of continuing education in my time, you know. So at the moment, I am a...
1: Aren't you faculty at COIS?
5: It's Are not you really or? faculty. I'm a scientific advisor for dental lab technology. I'm a clinical instructor, one of only wow. two in the system.
2: Two technicians. And, and, sorry, wow. one
5: of only two technicians. And so I, I did a lot of learning to know, like, because I think, the the true beauty of what we've been able to build in the lab is that we've been able to build this this very predictable simple system taking very complex information and making it work yeah so so when when people tell me that we're high-end or something you can buy a pretty crown anyway Seriously. Yeah. You can buy prettier crowns than we sell probably for less. I, I mean, I see people online and, you know, and I'm fantastic dentistry. But what I don't think people can do is put the cases together in the way we can do it. Yeah, And that's how we built our brand. Interesting. And our brand is just all about making the dentist successful. You know, that we focused... Absolutely, entirely on that. And I know that there's always the price consciousness and there's things that are yeah. in the market that we all have to be aware of. And, and that doesn't go away from me. I think what we have to do is realize you, you know, I, I'll never forget. I don't know if you guys know or heard of Paul Homily. Yes. So I saw Absolutely. Paul give a yeah. presentation, and it must have been 2005. We're still yeah, you guys are dating yourself. You don't look that old. Can t- carry not, on. Bad for, <laughs> not bad for 70. I know, right? <laughs> and she came in under not her own funny. power. <laughs> carry on. But uh, Paul, I, I'll never forget seeing Paul present. And, and one of the things that he presented was that most dentists expect that when they do more units, that their profit margins go up like in in a case yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually it was not true that after they were after three units their profit margins went down so it's hard to accept that you can do a case for $50,000 and lose money yeah. but it's true yeah because wow. if you look at how many appointments it takes to manage those cases and the complexity and the nature of what they're doing it's insane you know, there's. it's funny to me because you bump into these things all the way through your career. You don't even realize that you're taking them on board, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. And then one day you have the strategy and you look back and you're like, where the hell did that come from, right? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think about these things like Paul's lecture and, and these different things. And he was right. That was my experience of working with dentists, that they were struggling with the complexity to still make a living. So we really been able to design the system of taking somebody from broken down in trouble to, you know, healthy, stable new dentition in a very predictable way. Are you back to the point where you're doing
0: full arches again? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the yeah, yeah. majority of what you do.
5: Um, yeah. So what we did was we created more separation between our anterior and our posterior pricing. So we still do some general dentistry. Sure. Um, expire? It, it's kind of cash flow, right? What I found really difficult to manage with the large cases is that it, they funnel everything. You know, yeah. there, there's so many units, it'll suck the life out of your team because they're stuck on one thing for yeah, so yeah. long. And so you have to have the, the turnover, the cash flow. So yeah. I have a couple of technicians. I have one lady in particular, a fantastic technician, no desire to do anteriors. She has young children, she's you know, all these things and, and, Don't and want that stress. No, <laughs> and, and I get it, right? So so my goal then is how do I make her successful doing what she wants to do.
2: And benefiting and, and
5: benefiting the organization and yep. everybody, right? And and I think yeah. that's that's really important. Mm. And so we keep we manage to keep both going and we do still do, you know, a significant amount of posterior dentistry, single units and stuff. And it's been an interesting like transition to sure. to what we've built now. So it's so you know, in the old days, I used to do a lot of lectures on ceramics and mm-hmm. all this. You know, I think I saw yeah. you guys. Do remember one that. Yes, we winter did, days. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, I, saw yeah. That. Yeah. I haven't done a technical lecture like that in a long time because I think there's people that do it better and they they've got glitzier stuff and it's very glamorous. And I think that. It's almost like, okay, I get it, but you're missing the point. The point is, how do I make people successful putting that to work? Yeah. And, and I think. How do I make it profitable? How do I make it profitable? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean,
1: I. Name of the game. It, it
5: is. I, I've ended up recently doing a lot more business lectures. Like, yeah. when, I, when I'm. Same here. When I'm doing. How do I manage profitability when I start? You know, because I'll tell you this it's possible to do an $800, $800 unit crown and make a loss. I was that person, wow. seriously. So How this may not be a popular <laughs> viewpoint and somebody's probably gonna shoot me, but honestly, a lot of the people that are lecturing about what they do can't make money doing what they do,
3: right? Yeah. They, make, they make
5: a living lecturing. So, you know, that, that's a trap. All views expressed on, voices is <laughs> from the venture, not the views of the host. It may not be
1: popular, but does it doesn't make it any less valid? No, no,
5: I get it. You go to these, you go yeah. to these talks,
0: and they're presenting yeah. this beautiful work, yeah. and it's the greatest thing you've ever seen, and you know they probably don't do it in real life they did it for this line picture yeah that's true i I mean
5: you you know you can
2: how many tries did it take them yeah yeah let's see the one that didn't turn out exactly (laughs) show me the first 12 that didn't you know turn out as nice so that's
5: true i was at a lecture the guy was showing a single central it was one of the it was the ceramic symposium the quintessence thing in san diego it was years ago and i i can't remember who the presenter was shows this beautiful case single central drop dead gorgeous I find out later from somebody who was in the behind-the-scenes that he did it 15 times. So tell me how you make a living doing that. Seriously. Yeah, you don't. Did you charge 15 times for that? I was yeah. just going right? to say. That, that's yep. like a $25,000 case. And you can't who
1: wants to do a single central
5: anyways? Yeah. <laughs> and you just customers. saying. Do two. You can't you do too. use Photoshop on no, the real thing. No, right. Because yeah, you know they do. No, and so I, I found it very disingenuous you know to to, so I'm this young technician I want to get better I got this business I can do the the pretty stuff right I'm getting seven hundred eight hundred dollars a unit and and I'm slowly recognizing that I'm doing it and making a lot I was like this is just craziness and so part of like rebuilding my business and, and building this new model of my business I don't actually do crowns anymore. I teach all the time. I teach my people all the time, right? We're every day going, to look at this, look at that. How do you do this? What do you do? You know? And and that's now the new model of Leon that I think is. And I'm happier. Are you? Yeah. yeah. You that's seem important. like you are. I am.
1: I haven't seen you in many many years. I think you went away to, to evaluate life and camp. evaluate your <laughs> business and I was a band camp. <laughs>
5: Yeah, but you came back stronger. It's obvious, so. <laughs> yeah, but, I was but at not even. Camp. I mean, honestly, I, I, it's been four or five years since I was built into the production schedule, so yeah. it's been a while, but actually you. longer. But, you know, I think it's a really very fulfilling part of my life now versus, you know, this time when. It, because i, I got to be honest, the ego bruise that you get every time one of those yeah. big cases <laughs> comes back, like there's only so. so Heather many and I the, talked about that a c- only couple s- of weeks right? ago. <laughs> there's only so many you can take in your lifetime, um, right? Yeah. Because it's like a it does bruise your ego. It's like
2: a, it's like having a child. It's yes. like having
5: a dagger through your heart when yes. the phone rings, right? Very disappointing. And you, you just want to like go in the back corner and cry, and and what I've found is. I, do, I don't take it so personally when it's the work of my Someone team. Yeah. Yes. But I don't. I, do, <laughs> I, I just don't take don't it so it. personally. You yeah. just yell at them? And yeah, then no, but and <laughs> I, it's, it's almost like I can actually be objective about what's happened. Yeah. And so instead yeah, of getting I like, like pissy and money, I'm sitting down and I'm objectively evaluating, was it us? Was it something I missed? Because yeah. if... If I'm planning all these cases and it doesn't go right, I miss something. You might be part of the problem. Yeah. It's easier to be part of a decision problem. Then part of a made something problem. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. just emotionally interesting. I was
1: just going to say it takes the emotion. Yeah, out of it so it
5: takes. We are such emotional beings, especially you, Barbara. So
0: <laughs> <Seriously>? <laughs> so, so not me. Emotionally <laughs> aggressive. You can see stoic. <laughs> Japan. <laughs> dead to the world dead, over there, yeah, Heather. Yeah,
5: right. Yeah. And not just because she's been on the vodka this morning. <laughs> oh, and it wasn't because we went out last <laughs> not night. Not even. No, we don't do those things. Never. So that's why I'm really happy about where I am right now and and what's happening. You can see it. Thank you. Yeah. So
1: happy we got you guys on the podcast. Yeah. Finally.
5: Uh, Finally. With your sexy South African accent. I just want you to know I was never invited. So just so you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're actually at <laughs> the point now where we don't invite. Oh, semantics. Oh, okay. It's all semantics. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what we have then is two egos colliding because you were not going to ask and I wasn't going to offer. <laughs> That's why we miss so much. People walk by and we just stare at each other. And then they keep going because no one makes that first move. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah! Well. Hey, I was a teenage boy. You never make the first move. Right? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I well, appreciate it. Well, thank you, thank oh, you so yeah. much. Great no, to have you great. guys. I really, the b- I, well done. I, I appreciate what you're doing here. Thank you. fantastic. Thanks. And as Good always, beautiful Barbara. Thank you. Well yeah. done, Elvis. Thanks. Great idea. Thanks I know so I'm much. the eye candy here, so it's alright. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Just what I was thinking.
0: <laughs> Appreciate it. Have a great uh, meeting. You, you too. too. A huge thanks to Tiffany Prather, Leon Hermanides, and Heather Voss. Now, obviously, this was recorded back in February, Mm -hmm. and Tiffany and I talked about the upcoming March DLAT-AOLP meeting, but unfortunately, Mm -hmm. that was, of course, rescheduled till October 1st to the 4th. So, Barb and I will keep you updated on that and any other events that are going to happen.
1: I actually miss traveling. I have to be honest. (laughs) We should be in Denver right now for the NADL meeting, and we are... At home, being safe, but I'm super bummed.
0: Yeah, we should be getting ready for the FDLA, and then the week after that, the LMT Lab Day West. But uh, unfortunately, both of those events were canceled. But please keep in mind, as Bennett mentioned, and... As you see online a lot, there's a ton of webinars that you can get some sort of connection to the industry on. So we encourage you to check those out.
1: Yeah, we've got webinars coming out, so, you know, everywhere. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I, I stopped myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a lot of them out there. I'm not going to lie. It seems like you could do four a day if you needed to. Yep. And you know
1: what? Take it all in. Let's figure out where we're going to go post-COVID-19 and let's blow this thing out of our
0: water. Let's get back to normal, guys. Please. Yep. All right, everybody. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week. Take care.
1: Stay safe.
0: Wear a mask. Have a good one. Bye.
2: Bye. Yay, I stayed on it the whole time.